Hey guys, this is Diana Piquet and you are listening to The Diana Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you'll subscribe. This is a two-part conversation with Dickie Markham, who had a swastika on his chest. Oh, I hate even having that word come out of my mouth. And I'm going to be honest with you. Um, when I first was, someone recommended that I interview him, I was nervous and scared and I didn't know what to think. I felt like I'd be really out of my depth. And honestly, you'll hear in the conversation, there are places where I'm totally out of my depth. Um, I just don't have any expertise with anybody that's been in the position where they felt like they needed to tattoo such a blatant symbol of hate on their chest, you know? So anyway, I'm going to ask you to keep an open mind and listen to this all the way through. Dickie turned out to be such an intelligent, um, I feel like good person. And it's so crazy if you listen to what his journey is like and then where he is, where he started from, where he was raised, what kind of household he came up and now what he's trying to do with his own children. I just think it's a really good story and we all have something to learn from a guy like Dickie Markham. Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to the Diana Show. Today I have such an interesting guest on. This is Mr. Dickie Markham. Uh, I came across Dickie through a friend who showed me a post that has just blown up on his social media uh, with regard to a tattoo he has. And she said, gosh, you've got to interview this guy. He seems so interesting. And so I reached out to him and asked him if he would give me an interview. And here we are. So hi, Dickie. Welcome. Thank you so much for talking. Hey, no problem. Hey, so tell me what your post was. Well, um, I had a swastika on my chest for a long time that I recently got covered. And my post was involving the process of start to finish from the tattoo being fully exposed to it being completely covered. Mm -hmm. And it was, pardon me. It was, um, it was a long time coming. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't felt that way in a really long time. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I don't feel that way anymore. It was something that I held on to for a long time as basically a form of punishment to myself. Yeah. And when, when I found out I was going to be a father, um, I tried to cover it myself with a big red X and I was sitting in my kitchen with, um, tattoo equipment, tattooing mm-hmm. myself in the middle of the night. Uh, my brother, Kenny, uh, he did, um, help me out with the top section that I couldn't see. Mm-hmm. Well, um, after I put the X on it, I realized that wasn't enough. And having, you know, kids on the way and trying to sell so I didn't have any extra income and couldn't afford to get a $400 tattoo to cover mm-hmm. it. Well, I came across a shop. Uh, a buddy of mine sent me a message saying that Silkworm Tattoo in Hamilton, Ohio is covering racial tattoos oh, for wow. free. So I went to their shop and they tattooed it for free. And I also donated to a charity. Uh, the money that I was going to use towards the tattoo got donated. Oh man, I didn't know that. That's so cool. That's yeah. really awesome that they're doing that. Yeah, the, uh, and you said it was on Juneteenth, right? Yeah, the... Yes. So yes, cool. it was. 
Well, take me back to, um, I mean, cause that's, it's quite big. I'm going to attach some pictures. It's like on your like left peck, right? Like it's the whole thing. It was very big. Yes. It covers from armpit, collarbone, uh, sternum mm -hmm. and nipple. Yeah, it's really big. So the entire how, I mean, so take me back to when you were a kid, how were you raised? Like what kind of household did you come up in? I was raised in a household that had the belief that there's a difference between black people and expletive. Mm -hmm. um, my house, like the house I grew up in, the use of the N-word was, um, wasn't really promoted, I would say. I, I'd say if it came out, no one stopped mm -hmm. you. Um, you know, I heard my parents um use the word when mm -hmm. i was a kid and i can tell you they never raised me to be a neo-nazi right. by any means they they did not try to push me into that yeah. lifestyle i did talk to my mother recently and told her that growing up in a household where racism was okay did help spark mm -hmm. that um and as I got older and, you know, I was raised around a lot of family members who had, you know, similar views when it came to racism and acceptance mm -hmm. of it, it, uh, it was kind of pounded into my head that the stereotypes that I hear as a child mm -hmm. are true. And as a child, I did notice some of yeah. them and it, it kind of added fuel to the fire. Like there's no reason why they would be lying to me. And here's the proof right in front of me. So this is how it is. Types, um, as a child, mm -hmm. not really knowing what stereotypes were really. Mm -hmm. I just knew that, well, you know, people I'm around are saying this and I'm kind of, I'm, I'm witnessing it in front of me. So it's got to be true for all of them. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what led me on that path. Right. Well, as I got older, um, I did get pulled out of my freshman year of high school for being bullied to the point to where my safety was a concern. Mm -hmm. And um, I was extremely overweight. I was, what, ninth grade, I was about 350 pounds. Mm -hmm. I was, I guess, an easy target. Mm -hmm. And I went to a school that uh, it, it was predominantly black. Mm -hmm. And I got picked on and because of the ratio, it was, you know, going to be black people picking on me, not, yeah. you know, because of how many, like, I, I don't want to say I was outnumbered because that sounds racist in itself. Mm -hmm. Trying to think of the way to put that. I out. think, um, so here in Orange County, uh, I just talked to a gentleman who's a protest organizer and just trying to speak out in front of the community. And he's a black man who's been raised here for, I think he's 32 years old, maybe 38, but he is represented only 1% of the population. So if he were bullied, the likelihood that he would be bullied by white people is pretty high because the majority of the people he's hanging out with are white people. So are you saying that you feel like the reason that you were bullied wasn't because they were black people, but because they were just people and the majority of people that you were around were black people? Yeah, they, that's pretty much what I'm getting at. Okay. It, that's what I was because of how many. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, maybe we can edit that out a little bit. No, um, I mean, I, 
I think it's fine. I mean, I think at the end of the day, if we don't get down to just getting to the point where we can be comfortable with discussing things and not worry so much about fumbling over or saying something that's offensive, of course, we want to be good people and we don't want to be offenders or hurtful purposely. And obviously the tattoo on your chest, I'm sure you understand, obviously, because you're making some huge changes about it. But we have to be able to openly talk. That's the first step. So. I, I just don't want, you know, I don't want anybody to think that because of the way I might be wording some things that it's, it's meant to be taken in a, in a racist direction, especially after everything that's already transpired right. since I did post, yeah. uh, you know, because that's not, that's, that's not, not even close to the direction. Yeah. That's not the direction I want to go in. I want to go forward. I don't want to go back. Yeah. Good for you. Okay. So you were raised in kind of a household that did not exactly promote loving people of color you say that that's true i would say that i don't think that was their intention Mm -hmm. but that's how it was um both of my parents do have black friends Mm -hmm. which you know you always hear that excuse sure for somebody being racist, well, I can, I can say this because I have black friends. Sure. No, you can't. It doesn't matter what, what color your friends are. You cannot say it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, when, um, when I got to an old enough age to where, you know, I was going on dates and stuff like that, I was told that if I ever brought a black girl home, I'd get disowned. Mm-hmm. So that's racism. I mean... Oh, no, absolutely. I agree. Right. 100%. But I don't think they were I'm not trying to justify their actions, because honestly, it's messed up that they would ever tell their child that. But um, I don't know, it, it feels like they weren't, I guess they were trying to save me. Mm-hmm. From black they didn't people? Want, uh, well, no, not necessarily. I think they didn't want me to fall into the wrong mindset with how they were raised. If, if I walked away from how they were trying to raise me, then I would be putting myself in danger, I guess. Hmm. Does that make sense? Can you explain it a little further just so I make sure I understand? Okay. So the best way I can explain it is that I guess they didn't want to do. I told you so's Mm -hmm. they, they were trying to keep me away from a certain part of society by t- that's how I take it by, by telling me do not bring a black girl home. Mm-hmm. The thing is I did. Okay. And <laughs> my dad fell in love with her. Oh, her, na- her name. I'm still friends with her to this, to this day. Her name is uh, Shayla Matthews. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just, I couldn't understand that. Couldn't understand why he would tell me that. Like I started to question things mm-hmm. before my racism really took off. Um, like he told me not to bring a black girl home and then I do. And then he just absolutely adores her. Mm-hmm. Well, throughout the rest of the high school, I, I had to fight my way through high school. Mm-hmm. I say I had to fight my way. I literally was fighting my way through school. And I dealt with a lot of people who just, they, they thought I was an easy target. I don't know if they picked on me because I was white 
know if they picked on me because I was an easy target, but I, I made a deal to myself that I was not going to put up with it anymore. Mm -hmm. And with, with the amount of people that were causing me issues and a good portion of them being black, it just, it was almost justifying my thought process. Mm -hmm. Well, I ended up getting with this girl named Jamie, Mm -hmm. uh, right after I got out of high school and I fell in love with her and about six months into our relationship, she was kidnapped and sexually assaulted by a black man. Mm. And he got out a few years ago. Uh, He served his time for the crime. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was the period where the racism that I already had in my head Mm -hmm. just the trauma really kicked it up. Yeah, man. If you have a loved one that's abused, then that, you know, that's a traumatic experience. So that kind of kicked up and fueled that fire for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually went after him in front of the police officers and, uh, because they were trying to con- convince her to, to tell them who it was. Um, and I had an officer uh, basically let me go that night. He, he didn't, he didn't charge me with anything, even though he could have, he didn't try to make the situation worse. He just wanted to make sure I was there for her. Mm-hmm. And, uh I went to the hospital and when I was sat outside of her room, she was talking to a, uh, I I guess a rape advocate, like one of those uh, women that sit in there with you. They need to know the details of what happened. I listened without wanting to, honestly, but I heard every detail Um, of what happened. Yeah. And I've never felt more hate in my heart than I did right then and there. Mm-hmm. And that I, I basically met stupidity with stupidity. Yeah. I went out and I knew a white supremacist and he put a symbol of hate on my chest. Mm-hmm. How old were you when that happened? When you got the swastika? I was... 19, I believe. Yeah, it was about 15 years ago, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we do a lot of stupid things when we're 19, right? Yeah, I don't know if uh, people go to the extreme that I did. Yeah, it's pretty extreme. I'll agree with that for sure. So I wrote in my notes that I wanted to ask you, did you get that because you wanted to belong? Because I've, you know, obviously seen movies and different things where groups like that are you can recruit people who are picked on, bullied, marginalized. And so I wrote down that I wanted to ask you, is it because you wanted to belong? I did get, as a kid, offered to, uh, I I was offered to be a part of a couple of different groups. Mm -hmm. And I turned turned them down. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I got the tattoo, I don't think that it was to really fit in it was i just wanted to show 
everyone and anyone I could how much hate I had for them. Mm-hmm. Now, the is this just for Black people? Because that also is obviously a huge symbol for Jewish, the Jewish yes. community. It was. It wasn't just for Black people. It, it was for any anyone and everyone that wasn't like right. me. Okay. And we had to move out of state. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, one of his family members knew where we lived. Mm-hmm. So we had to go on the run to family uh, outside of the state. And uh, while I was there, I got the tattoo filled in. When I got it done the first time, it was only the outline. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So you and, were, you were still feeling pretty hateful when you were on the run, right? Yeah, this was only a few weeks later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, line, and I, you know, I had all this 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 buildup of hate in me, and there were only two people in my life that I just I could not look at them like that, and that was Shayla, the woman that. I brought to my dad's house and mm-hmm. her sister Deidre. And yeah, I, I to this day, I, I recently saw Shayla a few nights ago. Mm-hmm. And we basically sat down and we both cried our eyes out and hugged each other. And because she was so happy to finally, mm-hmm. after all these years, after all these years, finally see that symbol gone. Yeah. And she has been with me the entire time. She never abandoned me. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I started to realize like I I'm friends with a couple of black women who haven't abandoned me for this. Why am I why do I feel mm-hmm. this way? Mm-hmm. And so I started getting into um, construction and things of that nature where you're working with different ethnicities mm-hmm. and um, sorry my phone is still blowing up after all this time yeah I gotcha um, and uh, they they knew what I had on me mm-hmm. I wasn't quiet about it even you know when I, when I first got it I almost wanted to show it off yeah and they didn't, they didn't really, they, they cared, but I guess they saw something in me that I couldn't mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they really embraced me. They showed me love. They, they started opening my eyes to all the things that I was blinded to, you know, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't see on my own and it really, I, I'll, I'll never be able to repay them for that. And, uh, you know, after about six to eight months of having the tattoo, that's when I really woke up. Yeah. And I, I realized my mistakes and I immediately, Shayla was still in my life, but she didn't want to see me. She didn't want to be around me, but mm-hmm. she, she didn't want to give up on me either. Mm-hmm. And I wrote her a letter and she actually commented on uh, my original post. And you can see that she talks about the letter I'm mentioning now. And uh, I wrote a letter to her apologizing and telling her that I, I'm 
just a, a piece of garbage. And I'm sorry. And she immediately forgave me. Yeah. I told her, you know, I'm, I'm starting to wake up and I, I need to learn more. I want to learn more. And I, I had so many people of, I mean, every color of the rainbow trying to help me get through this time, you know, this, this rough patch in my life. Mm-hmm. And they, they really embraced me and I, I fell in love with all of them. And since then, I've, I've been trying to find where the line is because it seems like the way society has been going over the past 15 years, that line that you shouldn't cross keeps moving back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain things are okay at a certain period and then they're not anymore and then they become right. okay. And it's almost like, you know, chocolate's good for you. Now it's not. Now it is. Right. And uh, with, with everything that was going on, I decided I'm not even going to try to get close to the line. And I, I was posting things um, a year or two ago that had a variation of the uh, N word in the meme. And it never dawned on me to. What's that? What would a variation of the N word be? Uh, with an A on the end instead of the ER. Oh, okay. Okay. So you were posting uh, that in, and there were memes. Yes. Yes. Uh, things that I didn't, I didn't create, but they, they, they kind of hit me weird or they hit me funny or mm-hmm. they had a statement on them that, that I stood by it, even if it had that word in it. And it never dawned on me to ever try to edit those to where I didn't seem like I was using that word. Right. And I actually got called on that a few days ago on my post. Mm-hmm. And uh, I agree with that. I shouldn't have posted those 100%. Mm-hmm. That's not a word that I should ever use in any context, whether or not I'm the one that wrote it. Right. Right. So I what's did go it like? Through- I mean, what's it like to go from, you know, getting bullied, getting picked on, being a kid, growing up, having your parents, I wouldn't say, it doesn't sound like they have so-so morals, but it doesn't sound like they were exactly like raising you to be for equality. So I bet you probably had a hard time in your house with gay people. I bet you had a hard time with women, like with women in power and stuff like that. And now we live in a society where it's like all the things are become everybody's rising to the surface and we're all becoming very equal. And I, I, I just wonder, I, I wanted to reach out to you because I, I don't necessarily understand, but I empathize in that you're a man who's struggling and it comes from how you were brought up and your circumstances in life and you're trying to get somewhere better. And so I guess my question is, is like, whew, what's that? I mean, that's a big old journey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It's a and big ride. I'm not even close to the end of the mm-hmm. ride yet. Mm-hmm. One of the things I really loved about this first segment of the episode was when Dickie talked about working in the construction industry and about the diverse folks who embraced him and worked with him and accepted him and saw something in him that he didn't even see in himself. And 
man, I am just such the queen of coming from a place of judgment where if I saw somebody like that, I just would kind of shy away and just judge that they were probably a bad person. And I love that there were people that came around him and were a community for him because that is really how he changed his heart. So the second half of this episode, I'm going to drop pretty soon. So make sure you subscribe so you get a notification for it. Um, I really hope you enjoyed this. I know I really uh, learned a lot myself.